Have you ever stopped to think about how dark and boring Christmas would be without lights? We pass by pine trees in the wild all the time and don't even notice them. I mean, they're the only tree that doesn't change color in the fall. They don't lose their leaves. They're simply always green. But when you add lights to them, they come to life. It becomes a Christmas tree. You can put colored lights or plain lights, but the way the lights reflect on the ornaments and the tinsel that we hang on it makes these green pine trees seem almost magical. The same is true of our houses. My guess is most of us have become bored with the outside appearance of our house, or at the very least, we pay no attention to it until we put a few hundred dollars worth of lights over it (laughs) and all our bushes along with our gutters, our trees. And when we pull up to it, we stop and we think how amazing it looks. Or maybe you prefer the simplicity of a few well-placed wreaths and a spotlight. Lights change Christmas. Even at church, we use lights to enhance the experience. Since 1837, the church has been lighting candles at Christmas to celebrate the themes of hope, love, joy, and peace. These candles remind us of the true meaning of Christmas, but they also add to the ecstatics and create an environment that our heart is prepared to hear the word. Without all the lights of Christmas, think about how dark your neighborhood would be at 5 p.m. You, may, you might think about how boring your commute is going to be this January when all the Christmas lights are turned off, or at least they should be. <laughs> lights bring a sense of joy. The absence of light leads to depression, isolation, and increased anxiety and fear. It was into the darkness into 400 years of silence that a baby was born that first Christmas Eve. And into that experience, an angel shows up in light in Mary's room. It's after 400 years of silence that an angel appears to the shepherds in the fields and tells them to go and find the baby laying in a manger. It's the light of a star that leads the wise men to Jesus on that first Christmas. It's into our light or into our darkness that the light has shown the darkness of our lives and the world all around us that God has come, Emmanuel. Light brings hope to our darkness. Listen to the words of John in his gospel in John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. 
The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his dwelling or made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Light brings hope to our darkness. I'm not sure if you've ever had the opportunity to go caving before, to be underground in a cave. And I don't mean like one of the touristy ones where they like take you into a room, they flip a switch and they point out with a laser pointer where all the stalactites and stalagmites are. But a true natural cave where you find the opening, you walk into it. And as you get far enough into that cave, you enter into complete darkness. You can put your hand this close in front of your face and not see it. Your mind will play tricks on you and tell you that you can see it, but in the absence of light, it's impossible. At that moment, once you've sat there long enough, you have to calm your own heart rate, calm your own mind because it begins playing tricks on you. And if you don't, you'll find yourself searching for light rapidly, for a flashlight, for a glow stick, for something to bring you peace from the darkness. It doesn't matter what you need in that moment is light to guide you forward. The light of Christ came to be our guide. John says that Jesus was the one who has always existed. He'd come into our world to be our guide. He came to be a light to everyone. In that manger lays a baby that will grow to be the savior of the world. And along the way, he's inviting people to follow him and step out of the darkness and into the light. I find it interesting that you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, everywhere around, every one of the, the retelling of Jesus' life and ministry, and never once does Jesus invite someone to pray a prayer. But 37 times in that gospel, he invites people to follow him. He invites them to step out of their darkness into the light, and to follow after, to see what life can be like as a follower of Jesus. He says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Jesus says, if you want life, follow me. I'm the author and the creator in John 1, or John 11, 9 through 10, he says there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. 
They can see because they have the light of this world, but at night there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. These verses come right before he walks into the darkness of a tomb and calls Lazarus from darkness back to light. Jesus has come to be our light, to be our guide, and to lead us because he knows that if we follow his light, it will bring us to true life. John tells of Jesus' life and ministry doesn't start with shepherds and angels and a tiny baby in a manger. This isn't the typical Christmas story some of you are used to. He decides to go all the way back to the beginning and reveal that Jesus has always existed. And he makes his case in those few verses that Jesus is God, one and the same, and that through Jesus, everything was bought, brought into creation. John makes clear that from the very beginning of time, Jesus has been the source of all life. The baby born to Mary and Joseph thousands of years ago brought light, and through his light brings life. Without light, plants don't grow. Without light, there are very few animals that would exist. Without light, without sunshine, think about how much we love the gray of central Illinois winters, right? We all are just like, it's another gray day. I don't want to go outside. All of a sudden, the sun pops out for two hours. It can be negative 15, and we're like, yeah, let's go outside. The sun is shining. We have this life that comes back into us because the light has shone. Light brings life. Jesus says later in the book of John that he has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. Not in scarcity, not in like, oh, that's okay. Abundantly, he wants more for us. He wants the best for us. It's his light that shows us the path to true and abundant life in this life. But as we follow his light, we experience life in the future as well. It's his light that exposes everything. The light born in the manger that first Christmas Eve reveals everything to us. And my guess is it's statements like this that make some of you go, yeah, this is why I don't come to church because here it comes. I've been waiting for it. I know he was setting the hook. Here it comes. He's going to tell me all the bad things I've done because light exposes all of those things. I think this bent towards the negativity of being exposed by the light has more to do with my heart or our hearts than it actually does with the character and nature of who Jesus is. Because the first thing Jesus exposes to us is the character and nature of the God who created us, a God who loves us. Have you ever stopped and thought, why would Jesus step out of heaven why would Jesus, if you read the Bible, heaven's this perfect place, everything's great, he's the king, and he steps out into our world to become an infant born in an animal trough who can't even wipe his own butt. Why would he come? 
Why would he move into our neighborhood? John is clear it's because of love. 1 John 3, 16 and 17, maybe one of the most known verses in all of the Bible. For God, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's the verse we all know. John 3, 17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus stepped out of heaven and moved into our neighborhood so he could see and experience real love, so we could know what it really means to be loved. And if you read John's retelling of Jesus' life and ministry, we see Jesus humbly meeting people where they are, healing the sick, welcoming the outsider, casting out demons, welcoming and serving those around him. He's fulfilling his purpose to save the world. Now in a crowd this big, my guess is there's been some of us who over the years have been hurt by a church or someone inside of a church that was meant to save the world. The truth is that's because we've lost our way sometimes. We've lost sight, each and every one of us, because we're broken, sinful people, lose sight of Jesus' mission to love and to save. Many of those outside the church have accused Jesus and his followers of being unloving, judgmental, hypocritical. And far too often, I think these accusations are probably fair. You see, church, there's a fine line between saving something or someone and judging it. Jesus came to save, and the difference between coming to save something and coming to judge something is love. It's the love of Jesus that speaks salvation and life into our lives. Love is what allowed Jesus to be the light that pushed back the darkness, exposed our flaws, showed our sin, and ultimately changes our lives. Light can be harsh. If you don't agree with me, just think about that time you ran into a toddler who just got a new flashlight, right? They open that flashlight and they're like, look, I got a new one. And they shine it right in your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I'll never see right again. All I see is little spots. Or if you're like, I've never had that experience, God bless you. You have woken up in the morning, you've turned on your phone or the first light in your house and it was a little brighter than you thought it was gonna be coming out of the darkness and you squint and you shy away. But the light that Jesus reveals doesn't come as that harsh light. It comes as a warm glow that invites us in. It shows God's humility, his care, his goodness, and it drew people to him. You see, the light Jesus brings is a light that corrects us, but a light that saves us. If you were sitting in your living room opening presents tomorrow, and grandpa gets a new screwdriver, and grandpa takes the screwdriver and he sits it on the end table, 
And the little toddler walks over and grabs a screwdriver off the end table and starts walking towards the light socket to stick the screwdriver in the light socket. It is unloving to let the toddler stick their screwdriver in the light socket. It is equally as unloving to sit in the chair and yell at the toddler about how dumb they are for thinking that a screwdriver goes in a light socket. To save the toddler means to get up out of our chair, to walk alongside of them, to wrap our arm around them, and to lead them back to safety. It's not to belittle and judge them as they walk back away from that light socket. It's to embrace them with care and compassion. Yes, the light of Jesus will expose the things that we want to keep hidden. But the reason why is to save us, not to judge us. And the best part about this light is Jesus doesn't force us into it. Jesus simply shines and he invites us to step out of the darkness and into the light. He invites us to trust that he's loving. Step out of that place of darkness and into the light and experience his grace and his healing. And the real truth is a lot of us who are hiding in the darkness, who are angry at Jesus, who are hurt, who are afraid of what would happen if we step into the light, are actually probably closer than we ever thought. I don't know if you can see from where you're sitting, but the darkest place in this room is not the back corner as far away from this candle as you can get. It's actually right here in the shadow closer than we ever imagined, but in utter darkness. See, if you're here tonight and you're too scared or too angry or too hurt to walk in the light, I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you took time out of all your family celebration, even if you got drug here and told you couldn't have dinner if you didn't come. I am so glad you walked into this room. And what I hope you experience every time you meet somebody who calls Great Oaks home or every time you walk into this building, I hope you hear that Jesus loves you and he's there to be your guide, to bring life and to bring light into your life to save you. And church, the light is not just my guide. It's not just your guide. It's our guide to share with everyone around us. Those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus have to remember that like John the Baptist, we are not the light. My opinions, my desires, and my thoughts are not the light. Jesus is the light. And it's his work to save. It's his work to shine light into other people's lives. It's not my job to tell them they're in the darkness. We get to share the story of how Jesus brought us from darkness 
to light. We get to share about how his light has brought life to our lives. We get to model what that abundant life looks like. We get to love like he does as best we can. We get to journey with a lot of different people as they seek to figure out what it means to follow Jesus. Matthew 5, 14 says this about us. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking to us. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Church, we're called to reflect the light of Jesus in a way that draws people to him and allows Jesus to give them life. It's Christmas. And light is what Christmas is all about. Because light brings hope to our darkness. I don't know exactly why you came tonight or what you expected when you walked into this place. But I hope as you walk out, that as you see the lights of Christmas all around you in your neighborhood, on the street and the way home, you'll be reminded of the light, love, and life that Jesus has for you. That baby in a manger came so that each one of us could experience that. And if you're here tonight and have never accepted his invitation to follow him, I want to invite you to take that first step tonight. Find somebody and talk to them. Anybody who's been on stage tonight would love to talk to you. All of our staff are here. They would love to talk to you about what it means and what it looks like to follow Jesus. And church, we have a light to share. And we're going to model that in just a minute because the ushers are going to come forward and they're going to light their candles off this candle. And then each one of them are going to go to one of the row edges and light your candle. And what I want to invite you to do is take yours and light the person next to you. And when it gets to the end of the row, turn around and write the person behind you. Each one of us is going to light one candle tonight. And before you know it, this room will go from darkness to light as we pray. Ushers, come. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, your son came to bring light. So that we could experience light. So that we could experience love as we step out of the darkness. God, for those who are here today and they're hurting, they're angry, they're scared, they're blaming you for things. God, I ask and pray that they would encounter you humble, loving, full of light. And God, I pray that as followers of you, we would reflect your light and love to all those around us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.